0: So, tonight's uh, talk is on perpendicular universes, as opposed to parallel universes that never touch. (laughs) This one touches ever so briefly, but never to touch after that moment. One of the remarkable observations that I think uh, some of us have, who have some perspective in facing you in this direction is how your face changes over the course of the days here. It's just uh, extraordinary how that happens and you really get a sense of the profound healing that occurs in silence. How the brow changed from a furrowed heaviness and just the whole body mechanics the way we carry our life. And then, after a few days, how it lightens and how your face brightens. And how there's some renewal energy and life comes back in. It's almost as as if you've been (coughs) resurrected. And then we choose the same life to go back out into. burden ourselves some more. And I would suggest tonight that it's not so much the activities that we are engaged in, but the universe that we choose to dwell. And So I'll explain what I mean by that as we go through. But just to give you a sense, a few weeks ago I was training for a marathon, my first marathon, and I'd been training for about a year, plodding along and two days before this particular day, I had run 20 miles, so I had really gained a lot of strength and endurance, and was primed to be able to do it. And then, on one of a training run that I was doing, I slipped and fell and broke my collarbone. And when I hit the cement, I knew there was something very wrong. And what p- passed in front of my eyes very quickly was that I not that I would have this pain but that I wasn't going to be able to run the marathon. And it just flashed. And in that moment because of my years of practice I believe I never regained that thought. That memory that idea never gained hold again in my consciousness. It wasn't as if the thought didn't occur again, but there was no grasping after that thought whatsoever. And what I did then was to... I I was a person who had always had a collarbone broken. So I had to learn that this was going to be the rest of my life, that I was a person that could never run a marathon, that this this was the rest of my life. And so I had to figure out, not in anticipation of the collarbone healing, but rather how to work with a body tenderly with tenderness and care around this particular breakage how to how to how to manifest how to take a shower how to eat how to do all the things that we have assumed it was as if i was born in that moment to, with a broken collarbone and so there was a complete letting go now mostly if we let go at all it's very incompletely. And it reminds me of an old joke that I wish to tell about a man who was rappelling down some cliffs. And short-sightedly he hadn't given himself enough rope to get to the bottom of the cliff and there was about a 200-foot drop into some jagged peaks and he was at the end of his rope and his His grip was beginning to loosen. So he looks around and there's nobody in sight. So he looks vertically up and he says, Is there anyone up there who can help me? Only to hear the heavens part and a loud roar of a voice say, Yes, I will help you, but first you have to let go. So the man looks down to what he has to let go into, sees the peaks and the jagged fall, he looks back up towards heaven and he says, is there anyone else up there who can help? <laughs> <laughs> Unless we can come to the end of all possibilities. Letting go is not what we want to do. And so the universes tonight I would like to describe to you. And the question that this talk poses is why can't we construct our spiritual practice out of the same strategy that we do the rest of our lives? Fair question? So let me discuss that with you. Such an important point. So the first reality that I want to talk about is the horizontal reality. The one in which we live on almost totally. It's the really two-dimensional reality of time, past, present, and future. A linear relationship to our lives. I call it time sequencing. Pasting ourselves. Futuring ourselves. In which we have a momentum of past remorses, guilt, shame carried through the burden of time just as you did when you first arrived here. The problems and worries and tortures of the day, of the year, of the life. And we carry them through the present with the anticipation of greater worry, greater burdens in the future. And then there is the universe, uh, in this horizontal universe, the present moment, if it is partaken at all, is an impoverished moment. It is an impoverished moment because it is bridged or bookcased by the lament of a poor past, of a burdensome past, and a worrisome future. And so it kind of slips through, carrying that kind of burden. It's a very fleeting moment. And then there is the true universe, the true reality, which is a vertical universe. this vertical universe has no time whatsoever and bisects the horizontal universe in a gaping hole of the now so it's a very different sense of nowness of present in the vertical universe the present is all-consuming there isn't even a chance of being anywhere else. It is a present without walls, without obstructions. It is not an enclosed presence. It's not a burdensome presence. And in that presence it holds not only the timeless but all time as well. But we rush horizontally from A to B to get to C through D on to F. And it's as if we have to literally maneuver ourselves around this gaping hole. It's as if there was an elephant that was in your living room and you refuse to acknowledge its presence. Doing everything you could to journey around its huge structure on your way in and out and around in your home now the horizontal universe of time is an imaginary one why do I call it imaginary because it is created by your thinking by our thinking Already we have seen in our meditation in thought that time is a thought. I mean, where is the past? Where is the past? We carry it around internally through our thinking. That seems true enough, does it not? And then where is the future? The future also is just another thought, another extrapolation from past through present to what your expectations are. What will happen when I go home? Where is home? So understand that the horizontal universe, although that is where we spend the brunt of our time, is an imaginary one. And so our lives run On this linear route entirely due to our thinking every once in a while those two universes the horizontal touches the vertical ever so briefly you touch the elephant in your living room there was a New York Times article several years ago that said that 50%, they did some survey or something, that 50% of the people surveyed had had an experience that they thought was some sense of of spiritual awakening or transcendence or however they wanted to call it, but showed them another reality. 80% of that 50% who had that experience said they never wanted that experience again. they couldn't take the elephant. They'd rather avoid the elephant, walk around it. They would live, rather live their lives from their mind than from the truth. Now I'd like to use a very poor, and I acknowledge it's very poor analogy, of a rocket ship. But it's one that works. And the analogy is that it is in time that we build this rocket. Is it not? We paint it, we engineer it, we design it, we construct it, all in the workings of time. It's, a, it's horizontally laid out, and we build it in a horizontal fashion. This is very much how we get involved in our spiritual lives our spiritual practice comes from a horizontal approach because it's the only approach we know. We only know the strategies of effort, of striving, of anticipation, of wanting, of fearing, desiring, etc. And so we create or start our spiritual practice on this horizontal, longitudinal, linear, I'm here and I want to go there. I've been there now here and I want to expect my expectations are that I'm going to arrive somewhere else. See? Then we come to meditation and we take the horizontal rocket and we stand it vertically. And that's what we have been doing here. We have been intimating another universe for you to participate in. We have stood the horizontal rocket on its end. And meditation is a little bit like firing the rockets, but that there's still clamps. You know that moment where you see zero nine, eight, seven, six, zero fire, it goes, but there's still clamps on the on the actual blast. But the object of this thing is to fly. The purpose of the rocket is to lift off is to let go of our vertical of our horizontal universe and experience what true vertical flight represents. Now that in no way should undermine a sense of what we have been doing here and what you have been doing all along your spiritual lives. Because the cultivation and the working with your effort, the working with that horizontal plane that you're striving and wanting something better for yourself has its effect on being able to lift off. So please, in no way, think that what you have been doing has been wasted at all. Even if you've been totally on a horizontal plane for years. And included in that is your sense of therapy, of how working on yourself, self-improvement, and doing all the things that you felt a need to come to terms with. That all has its effect on how that rocket lifts off. But we are really talking about two different universes when you raise that rocket up. We're talking about letting go of time, putting an end to the kind of effort that is so long for such a for such a, a focus of self-improvement. It's kept us so consumed, has it not? Now the true reality tries to inform the imaginary reality. The true reality tries to inform the imaginary reality through one thing. It has one way to get your attention. And that's suffering. Suffering is the way the truth taps you on the shoulder to get your attention. It says, wake up. Wake up. What you're doing is completely imaginary. But we don't take that as a wake-up call. We take it as something's wrong with our world and we need to fix it. And so we add more horizontal play to a vertical call. Suffering is an indication of not seeing the truth, of living in a horizontal universe think of it now. Let me explain what I mean by that. I fall and break my collarbone. If I get up and say, damn, I'm not going to be able to run my marathon, I'm suffering through an imaginative reality in which I still have a whole collarbone. But I don't have a whole collarbone and therefore unless I give that up immediately I am stuck on a horizontal play of torture and suffering is a vertical call to drop that time sequencing I wake up on Saturday and I planned a picnic been preparing it all week lovely day Saturday comes morning time it's raining and I bemoan all day long about the fact I can't go on that picnic. Again, the bemoaning, the agonizing, the problem is in our willingness to drop our expectations, our imaginary continuity of what we thought and hoped would happen, and living on the vertical plane of what is occurring. Each universe has its own set of rules and laws. Certain life strategies come from a horizontal play. And I don't have to spend too much time on this because most of us understand quite readily what that means. A life of competition, accumulation, ownership, possessiveness, self-aggrandizement, self-serving, ego-boosting, is all the horizontal play and the strategies that we involve ourselves in. And they have worked successfully in our lives in terms of work, perhaps relationship in some ways, perhaps school, certainly school, because school is based on that, competition and And yet hasn't there been an enormous amount of pain associated with that? And towards what end? Where does it go? I'll tell you where it goes. It goes to death. Do we ever look at that? Do we ever acknowledge that? Everything ends in death. Now there are certain mental patterns that also are reinforced on this horizontal plane. And they're fun. Comparison, evaluation, judgment, greed, hostility, envy, jealousy, avarice, self-doubt, and unworthiness. We have a great time with those. And we hurt in every one of those, never realizing they're a call or a tap to look up. We think that's just the way life is. We reinforce each other's view that that's what life is about. And we hear some semblance of wisdom from time to time that grabs us somehow. We try to fit it back into our world. But our world doesn't work because our world continues to be horizontal. And very seldom do we ever seriously stand up was coming in from the, for this talk and I just noticed a group of you a group of yogis out there looking at the moon just observing its beautiful crescent waning moon or waxing moon waxing moon and in that there's just such a a relaxed moment there how many of those relaxed moments do you have in your daily life where you're taking in the beauty and appreciation. When you're not thinking about, God, I wish that moon was... Can't it be a little bit... Look at the clouds in front of it. It's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> but just observing. Just being present. You see, the heart comes out there. The heart responds to that. That is the heart. Because the heart is the vertical and the mind is the horizontal. And if we are ever to connect with true affection, true metta, not the metta of practice metta, but true metta, then we have to stand up. Now, how, what is the mechanism? How does this work? How does this horizontal work? universe work. Because I don't want to just leave you with a problem. There needs to be a way to understand this problem. The work, the reason that we are so engaged in the thoughts, the imaginative reality, the imaginative horizontal truth, is because of wanting and fearing. Wanting and fearing. Now think for a moment. This is very important, it's subtle dharma, but please come with me on this, because it shows you how we lift ourselves off into the plane of imagination, from the plane of truth. When we fear, let's take fear first. Fear is not what actually is occurring in this moment. Fear is an anticipation of an event happening in the next moment. And so when we are afraid, we are lost in the thoughts of some future event occurring, not what is actually occurring now. And yet the sense of fear is so prevalent, so predominantly a part of our lives, that we refuse to acknowledge our place in the world here and now because of the force of fear and the accumulative momentum of fear is how it pushes us into the future. Think of any fear you have. A snake is on the floor. I'm not afraid of the snake being on the floor. It's on the floor. I'm afraid of it biting me. It hasn't bitten me yet, but that's my fear. Now it comes over and bites me. I'm not afraid of it biting me. I'm afraid of dying. (laughs) Now I'm dying. I'm afraid of whatever, going to hell or something. Okay, now let's look at wanting. There's a memory of some satisfied moment. And we hold on. There was something that was very stimulating in that memory. Chocolate. <coughs> and suddenly we have this thirst this hunger for chocolate chocolate is not here now but our moment is diminished through the experience of, of our memory of chocolate <coughs> which we project from the past and in hopes of having that in the future again we have lifted ourselves off from the actual moment as it is and created a fictitional moment in which chocolate is there. And then we find ourselves moving towards the store to buy some. <laughs> you laugh, but that's how we live our lives. Pasting and futuring. Time sequencing. We live, in t- we l- we live with the top three inches of our body. Encased top three inches. Envy, jealousy, avarice, self-doubt, judgment. We get so much judgment. Yogi, you all come in and enter, oh, I can't, my judging mind, my my, judging mind, my judging mind. The vertical universe is tapping you on the shoulder. It's trying to get your attention. You see, the problem is is that we're not so interested in this moment but where this moment will lead us. Where it will take us. Where we can go from this moment. We're not so interested in what in love itself but what in love can do for us. What it will provide for us. We take a vertical quality and make it horizontal. We produce something out of it. We look through this moment to an unreal and surreal dimension. The sense of I is an important understanding of how the horizontal universe works. I'm not going to, these are, I'm doing about four or five talks in this talk, so I'm not going to a lot of it is not elaborated on to the point that it should be. But I want to give you a taste, I want to give you a sense of how these two universes work. The I, the sense of I, is an organizing quality of the mind which integrates past experience into present reality and decides future action. It's how you integrate your memories how you integrate memories into what your expectations and future action will be given this moment. It's an organizing quality of thought. It coordinates. It's it's the controller. It's the thing that organizes and makes sense out of past experience and sets future action. But it, too, is based in time. Because it looks through the present from past experience, it seems to be fixed and solid. Because the fact past is fixed and solid. You seem to be real because the past is fixed, it's a concept and isn't changing. All around you is the changing displays of life, but the one thing that isn't changing is the past. And because you hold that past representation of yourself through past action, and you look out into present moment, you too seem to be fixed. And so we feel like we have to spend time working the past out. Taking it as the reality in the present. And so we go to therapy. Now, this is not a belittlement of therapy. Believe me, I, I feel like most people in this room, if not all, could be enhanced through therapy. <laughs> it is not a put-down, but it is a time to in some people to start defining themselves through their therapy, through their workshops, through their self-improvement techniques and the vertical universe, if it is to be seen, the past must be dropped. You can't carry your mother into the firing of that rocket. But working with the charge of a past that has had some of the abuse that many of us in this room have endured needs to be needs to, you need to work on that. That is a horizontal play that is almost for very, it's the very rare exception in which that isn't important. Depending upon the intensity of the abuse. But at some point it has to be put down. You have to release yourself from it. Because it's only a thought it is only within our imagination it is an imaginative scenario that we have carried that we have to work ourselves out of it is said that some of the hardest activity the hardest activity to move from the horizontal to the vertical is the willingness to let go of that suffering. The willingness to say, my spiritual practice is complete. My therapy is completed. We get so lost in the absorption of the I. get so lost in the confirmation of a sense of self, of the reality of the sense of self, that we meet this meditation with that accumulative mass and rolling of the past. I can't do this. I've never been able to do that. I've never been able to sit still. I'm not up to this. All the doubt, all the hindrances are horizontal plays on the mind. And you see meditation, what we are trying to do up here is for you to intimate this other reality. We keep saying, just hold it. Don't see it as self. Don't judge it because that's just more horizontal play. Let it be. Just allow it. Because then it stops. The time sequencing stops when you truly allow something to be when we're not anticipating this moving into that, it stops. And so what we have to do in our awareness in how we relate to it is to stop. And what we stop is the horizontal play of time. We stop. And that's our instructions. Our instructions aren't to strive to become spiritual. Our instructions are to stop to become spiritual recognize your spirituality. You don't even become it. You just recognize it. You re-renew re, it. But even then, we can't stop. We look at our situation and we hear all the words and we start sitting and our knee hurts. Damn it. It's coming back again. See, it continues. Even when we brace ourselves in the present moment, even when we are close to the intimation of touching that elephant, of where those two universes touch in that ephemeral now. We can't stop. We can't let go. We're fearing or wanting our way even then And that's why the rocket, even though it's now blasting off, is still gripped by the ground. We keep building a bridge across the gaping hole of the now. The bridge of time. I was uh, at IMS uh, this summer and I did a workshop for the staff in which I, part of the workshop was for them, I took them to the moment of their death and built this whole scene and then had them die and then resurrected them. So we sat around and we discussed what that moment was like. Now, these are sincere, relatively sincere meditators, staff, people who have spent a great deal of time around the Dharma. Many of them, not just one, and there were perhaps 30 in the room, said the thing that held them back at that moment of death was the remorse of a lifetime. That they couldn't die. They couldn't make that, imom- that momentary leap into the abyss of the unknown. They couldn't let go of the rope. They called up for someone else to help them. Can you? It's going to happen. What's going to make it happen for you? What's going to make it compelling enough? for you to be able to meet that moment. We fall into the now. We fall into the now because it is all we have always abided in the now. It is just we have been thinking that we have not. We have just thought that we have not. It is no more difficult than giving that up. You're still... nothing changes. Desires, fears, they come and go. Even within the gaping hole of the now. But now the now sees that in context with the vertical. Now the two come together in resurrection. Now it's an all-embracing now that includes thought, includes coming and going, but is held within the context of the unconditioned, that is fed by the unconditioned. And from that place, practice has always come from enlightenment. It has never moved towards enlightenment. Can we rest there? Can we approach that? Can we see the fictitious fictional horizontal play of time within the vastness of the present? Can we sit for a minute or two?